fuck. And I cannot stress this enough. That job. Don Cheese. Don Cheese. Hello, guys. Welcome back. And thank you for listening to These Things Happen. Today, I have on my sister, Brittany. Hi. <laughs> um, so the American workforce does not work for us the way it used to. We are literally living in a generation where um, we're living paycheck to paycheck. People can't afford homes. Um, rent is too high. And... I think as a generation, we've just come to a conclusion and just to just say, fuck that job. (laughs) My sister um, has had quite the extensive um, job history leading up to how she found what she loved doing. So today we're going to talk to her about her job history and she's going to give us some insight on how we can maybe hopefully find what we want to do. And I'm going to be sharing some crazy stories as always. So Brittany, do you want to uh, tell my listeners your uh, what you went to school with and then how'd you end up to where you are now briefly, really quick? Sure. I'll try to do the condensed Come version. Close to the mic. Oh. <laughs> sure. I'll try to do the condensed version. So I majored in communications in undergrad. And then right after college, I got a job at Sirius XM Radio but like not doing anything I actually wanted to do, just kind of loading in ads and commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only stayed there for maybe not even a full year. And then my contract died out and there was so much going on with the company. I, they just didn't renew it. So I went and did um, some temp work and like here and there odd jobs. And then I started randomly substitute teaching at different schools Um I think this might have been back in Delaware where I started before I moved back to D.C. Mm-hmm. And um, for a while, I was like, oh, this is kind of dope. Like, I might actually want to teach. Like, I could do this. So I took full-time work at a charter school in D.C. Okay. I didn't know that. <sighs> that was that was rough. <laughs> All-boys school in southeast D.C., if you know anything about D.C. Um, <clears throat> it's struggling. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I did that for a few years. Um, before that it was all kinds of odd jobs, but the teaching thing was cool until it wasn't. And it wasn't the kids, honestly, it was adults and administration, parents, those types of things were driving me insane. And I was losing my peace of mind. And I was like, I don't have anywhere to go yet, but I cannot keep working here. Um, so the year after my last year at the charter school, I actually took job, took a job in PG County, Maryland with a pay cut, um, like a lower, a position that didn't require as much work and take home duties. Mm -hmm. And I did that so that I could work on getting my real estate license while I was teaching. So what made you want to start getting your real estate license? So my mother's a realtor. She's, as you know, yeah. <laughs> she's been a realtor for 30 years or so now. Mm-hmm. And obviously growing up with her as a role model, I was like, I don't know if I could do the nine to five because I've never seen that in my life. Like she's always been an entrepreneur for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she we were talking about real estate all the time. She was like, if you ever want to get into it, I'll mentor you. I'll help you. And I'm like, eh, it's not my thing. Yeah. But eventually I was like, mm, it gotta be, it gotta be a better way. So, 
So yeah, I took a position in the school that required less responsibility so that I could focus on other things. Yeah. Um, and that was a risk because I, although it met, it was enough money to get my bills paid, still a risk because took a pay cut. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that year I got my real estate license, took the coursework, passed the test, did all the things to get DC and Maryland. Okay. Um, got my first client maybe like two months after my license. Like it took a minute to really get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was doing schoolwork during the day, real estate at night and weekends. Yeah. So I did that for a minute. And then <laughs> it's not over. It's not over. There's more. Um, the principal at that school who I was really cool with, he was in this like net level. What is it called? Network marketing thing. You know, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever had anyone try to recruit you to one of their companies or their businesses, mm-hmm. but that's what it was. But it was a travel company. And normally I'm like, yeah, miss me with all that. Come oh. to my meeting and listen to my presentation. I'm like, yeah, miss me with that. Yeah. But um, because it was travel related and I was already very into traveling. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I am. Um, I was like, OK, I'll go listen. The presentation was good. Seemed a little too good to be true. So I had to like sit with him and ask him some questions. and mm-hmm. Like, be honest, like, tell me the truth. Don't give me the sugar coated version. Like, what is this? Yeah. So after sitting with him. I actually decided to start a travel company under his um, company after under his umbrella, whatever it was at mm-hmm. the time it was called something like vacation travel. I don't know. It was a, it was network marketing. It was like you recruit this person or this person and then you get some of their earnings, whatever. I did it under him. Yeah. And so at that time I was teaching during the day, selling real estate on nights and weekends, and then trying to start my travel company all at the same time. I had no idea that's yeah. how you got started. Yeah. I just thought you just like, I'm going to start my own travel business. Oh, yeah. Quick oh, side no. note. I have, well, I should have introduced. So um, as you guys will continue to listen, Brittany has her own travel company, Paradise with Proctor, but we'll talk. We'll get into more of that. But yeah. go ahead. Yeah. I had no idea that's how you started. Yeah. Because, I mean, we all would love to say fuck that job. Mm-hmm. We feel it. We think it every day, mm-hmm. but to actually get up and leave without anything to go to, like I couldn't do that at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was still keeping my day job. I was trying to work my little side hustles, but it was exhausting. Wow. Obviously. And I did that. I did all three for about a year or two. Okay. Before the bribe to move back to Delaware came <laughs> and I was like, oh, I think I can actually do this. So my mom hit me and she was like, listen, I know you got a lot going on. You want to think about coming back to Delaware and working on a team with me and I can mentor you and we can sell real estate together. Uh And I was like, Ooh, but I was also in my twenties and I was like, the thought of moving from DC to Delaware was not appealing at all. Cause if you know anything about Delaware, it's It's (laughs) ghetto here. (laughs) Um, but yeah, she hit me with that and I had to think about it for a minute, but then I was like, the cost of living is lower. I might actually be able to have a savings account. I could stop teaching and focus on real estate and travel full time, which Mm -hmm. I had never been able to do. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even know what I was fully capable of because I had never been able to give 100% of my time Mm -hmm. and effort to either of those companies or businesses. So I did. In 2016, I left education for good. Oh, yeah. And I came back to Delaware and started really focusing on my two companies and we still rocking and rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I had no idea. And how many countries have you been to now? Tell the people. <laughs> uh, next week, 
I'm headed to Grenada, and that will be country number 44. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's, who are you going to Grenada with? Me, myself, and I. Oh, good for you. Solo good travel, you. girl. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. I want to get into it. I haven't done a solo trip in a really long time, so I'm looking oh forward to it. So, um, <clears throat> how did you get into, like, a good, like, work ethic and, like, rhythm of, like, handling these two companies that you have right now? That's a great question because it's, yeah. it's really, really hard. And if you're not a super disciplined person, which I wouldn't even call myself before now, honestly, mm -hmm. but it's, you literally have to treat yourself like a business. You have to set office hours. You have to <laughs> have email signatures, replies, like you have to start at this time, end at this time. And that is it. Whatever needs to be done within those hours needs to be done within those hours mm -hmm. and it does not happen immediately you're going to be all over the place probably for the first year or two just trying to take whatever business comes your way because you just want to make the money yeah um, but eventually you understand that you are a business like chick-fil-a is closed on sundays <laughs> you can be closed on sundays too yeah like <laughs> if you can only go into a target from i don't know eight to ten whatever yeah. you have to treat yourself that way and it takes a minute to get there. Mm -hmm. It really does. I'm struggling because I, I, I try to treat this like a business. And like today I really could have been doing stuff, but I just wanted to like lay in bed all day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's easy to do working from home, especially if you don't have a separate workspace. Yeah. So and I'm just now getting that because when I first moved back to Delaware in 2016, I had a one bedroom condo. Mm -hmm. So I had no office. I was working on my kitchen counter. Oh, so. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have that separation of your peaceful bedroom space yeah. or your peaceful living room space and your office workspace, it's going to be a struggle because mm -hmm. you're like, the bed is right there. Why? Why is my computer open? <laughs> I don't, don't want to be doing yeah. that right now. No, you, yeah, the bed is, should be yeah. relaxed. Yeah. So it's struggle. It's a struggle. But if you have those separations of spaces, it makes mm -hmm. it a little easier. And once the work is done, close the office door. And, and don't go back in. Like, yeah. Because once I listen, when I first started, I made the mistake of bringing my laptop to bed with me. And it was a hard habit to break. Mm -hmm. Like everyone will tell you work is not meant for the bedroom. But I'm, I'm in my bed all day long or all night long. Just typing away. Typing away. And it's not healthy. Yeah. It's just not. But it takes a minute to get that balance. Uh -huh. Yeah. <clears throat> Working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you really do. You have to work on it. So now that uh, you and Aunt Melinda are definitely more established, how do you try to like get your good, like healthy work play like balance? Cause I know, like, I remember the one time you were telling me how like you made Aunt Melinda stop doing what she was doing to come on the trip with you. Yeah. Cause like it was needed. Yes. Yeah. She's getting better at that. <laughs> um, it's, I can't even say that I'm great at it, mm -hmm. even though I'm trying to make her <laughs> better at it. Yeah. Because I take my work with me on almost every trip. You've seen oh my God. Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. You guys, we were just in Mexico about three weeks ago. I woke up 6 a.m. Brittany's typing <laughs> on the computer. <laughs> and, I, and I wake up at like 530 a.m. every yeah. day just because I like to get a head start, especially if I know I don't want to work all day. Mm -hmm. I need to start early. So that yeah. at, when nine o'clock rolls in, people can leave me alone. Um, but I, I take my work with me on most trips, if not all, I've only had one that I can recall where I didn't 
where I was totally disconnected and I mm-hmm. didn't answer any emails or phone calls. But I need to do more of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have a fully healthy work-life balance yet, mm-hmm. but I am getting yeah. much closer to it than I was before. Good. I feel like it's like a, a big generation, a generation thing too. It is. You know, like what, so what generation is Amalina? Is that the boomers? Is that she's X? 63. She's, yeah, she's a boomer, isn't she? Pro, I think so. See, I don't know. I don't know. Past Gen Z and millennials, I don't know. Yeah, I have no But idea. no, I think she is a boomer. So I feel like, like with like boomers and even like with my mom, you know, like they like got a job after they finished school and like they worked and they stayed there yep. forever. Yep. And now, Period. yeah. But that's just, that's not like a thing anymore. It's not. And that's their mindset. And that's why it's so hard for them to understand what their, Mm -hmm. what their kids and grandkids are doing Mm -hmm. professionally. Yeah. (laughs) Especially if it doesn't look like what they did. With the entrepreneurship and stuff. Yeah. Or even like influencers or podcasters or like what, they don't get it. Yeah. And and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because I, I feel like you hear them say all the time, they just wanted the generation after them to do better. Yeah. Right. To have better. Yeah. Well. I mean, luckily, thankfully, listen, this country is far from perfect. We got mm-hmm. a long way to go. But a lot of the struggles that our grandparents had to deal with, we don't, mm-hmm. not to that extent. Yeah. So it's, we have more time and access to like explore other options. Yeah. And more freedom. Yeah. 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 I remember when I, when I had first graduated school, I was still bartending when I got out of college. And my mom was like, all right, like, when are you going to stop bartending? You're going to start applying to the jobs? I was like, mom, like, give me some time. Right. But like what people, I don't think, I think what she started to realize, like, <clears throat> at my bar, then even now, I make as much as like an associate level position at like a law firm or like a corporation or something. Right. Probably even more than them sometimes. And um, I was just like, okay. But then I, I did get a corporate job, which, um, so story time. So I want to, it was the beginning of 2019 i got hired at this um software firm like they sold um they sold softwares to schools and the um the software would like kind of help schools be schools it like they their softwares did like payroll and like attendance just like anything like you would need for like a school to Mm -hmm. like run i guess yeah so um i had like three or four interviews and then i got the job I was the youngest hired in the whole entire company, only black person on the whole entire um, marketing team. I got hired for event marketing. So my position was going to be like to basically help um, help the uh, sales reps get ready for conferences, which it seemed it seemed like a really good job. I think I started out like a really crazy time, though, like um, the week I started, the company itself was having its own conference. Mm. So I started tuesday and got flown out thursday to go to florida with them for this conference I and that. yeah yeah and i had a good time it was it was really really fun i was like making connections and like meeting people in my field but i just kept helping to feel like i just like didn't belong here mm-hmm. and i i wanted to i was like this is my people like this is what i went to school for like um yeah. but it was just um so like the first night we went to this like fancy dinner in the hotel and I didn't like anything on the menu like I couldn't even understand anything I just wanted like a sandwich or something and they just had like I couldn't I couldn't even pronounce the names that were on the menu like it was just weird and (laughs) and I'm like people like across are talking about like current events and books and like just like things that I'm just not into and then for a moment I think someone tried to include me they were like so Lex like what are you reading right now 
And I was like, oh, fuck, I, don't, I don't read. I don't, I don't read. I was like, um, I actually don't read, but. <laughs> did you say? I did. Cause what am I going to say? And, and, I, well, and I was like, I mean, there's things like I like to read. I just like, I just don't read. And then we were just like, oh, like it was kind of like an awkward silence for a minute. <laughs> like, thanks for trying to include me. But nothing anyone was saying was just really like adding like any value. The only, yeah. you know what? The only moment I was able to give, um, Value to the conversation. Thank God. I don't know who. Someone watched The Bachelor there at the time. Oh, yeah. So I was able to talk about The Bachelor <laughs> with them. <laughs> yeah. Get in where you fit in. No, okay? li- literally. That was where I fit in. We could talk about um, uh, re- reality TV. Can't talk about books, though. <laughs> um, and I, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm 25 now. I was 21 at the time. I had just finished school. I was 21. Oh, yeah. Everybody there was at well over 31, 32. Mm-hmm. I was literally a kid. Yeah, there was an age gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but the remainder of the conference overall, like it was, it went really well. I got back. Um, we flew back, and I guess that following Monday, I guess that's where like the real work was gonna start. But um, I wasn't doing much. That the next week we got back, I wasn't doing much. Um, I was kind of just like waiting to get like assignments and like training from my manager, the woman that hired me. And then that following week, um, my manager, she sat me down in the office and she um, asked me like, what have I like? She asked me, what have I learned here so far? Mm. And I'm like, I mean, not much. I mean, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. It literally it had been like a week and a half. Okay. She said, what have you learned? I said, well, not much. I mean, I'm, it was kind of like waiting for you to like, uh, kind of get the ball rolling and like um guide me and yeah and guide me <laughs> and then I mean and she had me in a couple of meetings but like it was just like for what like I don't I don't know what was going on mm-hmm. you know and then she begins to tell me that I don't take initiative in my job and I haven't shown any entrance to learn my position but I'm like hold up I was oh. like yeah 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 this is the, the manager yeah mm-hmm. okay and then I tell her well you know um before this job, you know, I've had some really nice competitive internships before and after college. And yes, they were internships, but I was always kind of put on like a training schedule. Like I didn't know I had to come up and ask you to start doing stuff. I thought you were going to just like, all right, we're going to learn how to do this, this. I'm going to start giving you small things. Like I was kind of just waiting on that. Like I didn't know I had to ask Mm -hmm. my manager. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then like, she kind of became like passive aggressive. And uh, I, after a while, like I just didn't like feel comfortable like being there. She was yeah, like the like the tone like changed mm-hmm. from there, and that was like on like a Thursday or Friday, like my second week, and then so this was week three. So then that next Monday, mm-hmm. she came in and she sat me down and told me that I had to learn this like a uh, method of like um, how to plan a convention. Well, like a convention stand. So like what the majority of like my role was going to be was. Um, getting like a box of uh, sales material, selling materials together to ship to the sales rep, depending on whatever conference he was at. And like, um, and there was like, like a method of like getting all that ready. Mm -hmm. I wish I I could probably dig up my notes somewhere and find it. But yeah, there was like, like, like an actual step-by-step process of what I had to do. So she said, I had to learn this by the end of the week. And if I didn't know it, then we were going to have a talk. So we're going to have a talk like in, in like a, a mean voice. Like a threatening. Too. Yeah. Like a Karen voice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, all right. I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> and you're um, also in the back of your mind, probably like, I don't have to be here anymore. 
Yeah. Yeah, literally. And I'm thinking yeah. like, I could just walk out. I could just not come back. But I was like, no, let me just try to stay strong. This is what my mom, my mom was so excited for this job. And I Aww. wanted to try to like do it. Yeah. Um, and it, and I, I wanted to be there. Um, still, I, I was, I'm going to try. So she, she did sit with me after, after that, she sat with me and explained the process one time. And then like from there, I just kind of had to do some things on my own. Mm-hmm. So I literally said, I started tearing up. It was like my second w- real week on the job and I'm like freaking out. Did I'm she like, interview you? Did she hire you? Yeah. So my, if I remember correctly, my first interview, I had three interviews. I think my first one was with HR and, um, two other people on the marketing team. Okay. And then, oh yes. And then, um, I interviewed with her, um, for like my last, like 15, it was very brief, but the majority of my interview was with two other people from the marketing team in HR. Mm-hmm. And then my second interview was, was with her primarily. And then someone else, another HR person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it's the end of the week. Friday came up and I had to like kind of have like a presentation of like the steps that had to be taken to get ready for this conference. Mm-hmm. And I think I missed like two steps because I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. I was so nervous and I thought I had it down, but I missed like two or three things. Um, So she was upset and told me she was going to go to HR. So then later on that afternoon, I get put in a meeting with HR and I get put on a performance review. After so, like three weeks? Yeah, this is my third week of being at this corporation and I get put on a, I'm on a performance review for showing lack of initiative. Wow. Mm-hmm. You don't even get 90 day probation anymore, huh? Yeah, no. <laughs> performance review. And I literally, I started, I started crying in HR. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, that's a I'm like pressure. a child. Right. I just turned 21. And these like 40 year old women are like yelling at me. Mm-mm-mm. and um yeah at that point I just really felt like I did not belong and I was trying to tell HR you know because I know like if I'm taught something I can do anything like it's not it's not that hard mm-hmm. and I felt like she was kind of pushing me out and it sucked this was the my the HR I mean not the HR the um my manager mm-hmm. and I was back and forth, like going home at night, um, talking with my mom to figure out if I should leave or not. But she was like, just keep, just try to stick it out. Try to stick it out. She, she was just, I think she was just so happy that I finally got like a nine to five. Yeah. And one that she could wrap her head around. Yeah. Made sense to her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to try. So that weekend I, um, I took the weekend and I like was listening to all like my, my girl power music. I watched like Legally Blonde like three times. That's like my favorite girl power movie. <laughs> I love Legally Blonde trying to like get in my head like I can do this. I can do this. And then I came in Monday and my boss um, had given me a small assignment. She wanted me to um, ship a box of supplies to someone going to a conference mm-hmm. um, like um, in a couple of days. I'm like, oh, OK, yes, like I can do this. Like I felt good. And um, throughout the day, I'm like gathering the supplies I needed for shipment and I just remember, I remember being so stressed just because certain flyers had to be like printed, like two sided. And I would ask my boss for help. And she was just kind of like passive aggressive about it. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know how to print things two sided? Like mm-hmm. y'all never showed me. Yeah. Y'all never showed me. And then, um, 
I had like missed the deadlines for like the uh, for UPS to come pick up the package, so I had to drive to like a UPS in Westchester oh to drop God. it off. Crying on my way there, I was just so stressed out getting this thing packed, getting the UPS. I just, I remember it. Oh, Claire's day. I was just so stressed out, and I went home and I cried that whole night. I was like, I can't do this. I was like, I have to quit. I'm quitting. I can't do this. Yeah. Um. So I woke up like. I got to the office at like 5 a.m. to pack up all my office shit because I had my even though I had only been there for like two weeks, I had my little like cubicle like cute like a bunch of shit. So I had to get there early so I could just take it all down and pack all my shit up. <laughs> um, my cubicle was nice. It had like a closet. Um, I had to take everything out and pack everything. So um, I my teammate got there a little before my manager did. So I told her like. You are so cool, but like I have to leave. Like I'm leaving. I'm gonna talk to almost I almost said her name. I'm gonna talk to my manager, our manager when she comes here. So I can't do it anymore. But I just wanna right. tell you, I don't wanna just leave and not tell you. Right. So I told her. And then I told my boss that I'm leaving. And then um she was like, Why do you wanna leave? What? Yeah. The oh. same lady who threatened you with HR? Yeah. To talk? Yep. And asked me why I wanna leave. And I just, I couldn't even look her in the eye at the time. I wish if I could do it over again, I'd really tell her about herself. But I was, again, I was 21. And I was scared. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't even look her in the eye. I was like, I just don't want to be here anymore. I just don't think I was like trained clear. Um, I just, I just kept saying, I just, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. And then like she called and then she called a meeting with HR. I, ha- I had to have like an exit interview with HR. Mm. And again, I'm just telling them that like, I just don't want to be here anymore. Like, I, can I just please go now? And like, I didn't, um, looking back down. I would have loved to tell them like I what I really believe that because um, the, the position was put up as an entry level position. Mm-hmm. I think they were looking more of like an associate per, like someone that didn't someone that they didn't have to like help that much. Yeah, they didn't have to train. Like, yeah, because that's clear because I'm getting I'm getting like scorned for not knowing what to do. But how am I going to know what to do? Like, you know, I didn't have any help. And you're fresh out of college. You're 21. Right? Yeah, I just they know 20, that. Yeah, they knew that. And um. I just, um, I would, but what's crazy is, you know, so you, a, a few weeks after I left, I saw them put a job posting up the same job posting and it was put up as an associate position. They took entry level off. Cause mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They realized their error. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went through the trauma though. Right. But they figured out what they needed to do better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah, it was terrible. And then yeah. I was back at my bar the next week, and I haven't <laughs> left the bartending industry um, since. And even my mom before, like everything, she always, she kept asking, like, are you going to apply somewhere else? Are you going to apply somewhere else? I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> no. I know it doesn't, it doesn't look like the American dream, but right. I'm making more at my bar than I was at that job. It was a nice salary job, but I'm still making more than I was there. Right, exactly. And the American dream is not what it looked like before. It's so yeah. it's changing. Yeah. I'm honestly I'm I'm happier than ever bartending right now and then just trying to promote this podcast. But you know, I don't want to be like 40 years old and still bartending. But I mean, yes, you have a long way until you're 40. Yeah. But also your generation and mine too is much more about quality of life. Mm-hmm. Right now I think the there's been a shift in our priorities. So we care more about the kind of life we're living than just sticking to this job just because it pays us. I mean, yeah. if you got to, you got to, because yes, there are bills and you got to survive. But like, mm-hmm. we just have different 
priorities right now. I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah. I don't wanna, yeah, I'm gonna figure it out. Mm-mm. I'm not mm-hmm. working to to live or living to work. What is it? I'm not living to work. Yeah. <laughs> And I feel like that's what a lot of people like are doing. And that sounds like so sad. No. Like mm-hmm. the people that still have those like nine to five commuter jobs. And even I, I remember vaguely like sitting at the lunch table sometimes with the with the adults and just hear them like bitching how they got to like take their kid to soccer practice or like <laughs> right. their wives want to do a cooking class or something where like just like stuff like that that they clearly don't want to do. Exactly. That's I why I say the dream is changing. It's not a, a picket fence mm-hmm. kids in a house thing anymore. It's, People are getting married later, having kids later, having kids not at all. Mm-hmm. Like it, maybe renting, maybe buying, maybe doing a condo and traveling all over the yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, That's, I want a condo. Yeah, I mean, that's my next endeavor. It's it is whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to bartend until you're forty. You're going to figure out what <laughs> you want to do, and it doesn't have to be nine to five. Yeah, it could be whatever whatever feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, and pays the bills, obviously, but. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think generationally they had to stay in those jobs because what other option did what? they have? They had to feed their kids or mm-hmm. whatever. And this job is what they trained for and it's going to get them to retirement. What other retirement plan did they have? Don Cheese. Don Cheese. Okay, so with dealing with real estate and the traveling when did you have kind of that moment where like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I'm happy. This is it for me. So happiness, mm-hmm. air quotes around happiness. Yeah. It comes and goes. Mm-hmm. It's a very ebb and flow kind of situation. Um, especially like right now with the pandemic, mm-hmm. 2020 was the roughest year of my career, like hands down. Oh yeah. So, you know, it, that's a different story, but <laughs> When I finally understood that, like, I'm good at this, mm-hmm. um, probably when I had my first wedding, oh. when I did my first wedding client, okay, um, it wasn't a huge group. It was maybe 35 to 40 people, mm-hmm. but I had my spreadsheets together. I was, you know, I had everybody's payments organized and getting yeah. their travel documents, making sure everything's blah. Like, I really felt like I got the hang of this. Um, and then when I got that commission, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, groups are definitely the way groups the, where the money long yeah. <laughs> where the money resides yeah, where yeah. the money resides <laughs> I love that oh, hi Montoya so... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um, so yeah that was probably mm, when was that first wedding uh, probably 2017 but I, okay. I'm just guessing but um, that's probably when I felt like I'm good at this. Yeah. I have the hang of this. Like I can do this full time and make real money from this. Mm-hmm. Um, real estate, same, same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold a lot more in Delaware than I did in, in Maryland. So when I, when that started happening, I was like, okay, this can be full time income. Like I can live off of this. Oh. I can live off of both of these. Yeah. Um, but that did back. What, oh, let me think. <laughs> Moved to Delaware 2016. It probably took a year and a half. Before okay. I felt like I was really good at it mm-hmm. and had the hang of what I was doing. That's not a bad time frame. Yeah. Yeah. So what what were you doing at my age? At 25, what were you 25, doing? 25, I was still, I was teaching in charter schools. Okay. You're still teaching. Yeah. Okay. I think I was in Southeast at that time. Okay. With the all boys. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh gosh. Flashbacks. I, I couldn't even imagine doing that. Yeah. It was rough. So 
My next endeavor recently has now, like, I really want to get into bottle service. It's why I've been so hard in the gym. Uh, yeah, I would love to be a bottle girl because that's the money resides there, too. If you're at the, right, if you're at the right club. <laughs> so I got, um, I applied to a couple places in Philly and I got the um, opportunity to work at one of the strip clubs um, on, like, it's like right off of exit 20, I think. It's like stripper row. It's like it's like six or yeah, seven yeah, strip yeah. clubs, but and uh-huh. I worked at, and they're all pretty grimy. But the one I got hired at was supposed to be the nicer one mm-hmm. out of all of them, and it definitely was nicer inside. But oh my god! Can so, we drop names or no? Are we keeping them? Anonymous? I don't know if I can't. Can all right, I? maybe not. Can I? I don't know. Tell me later. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I get I I get called in for an interview there and um i'm telling them like i really want to get in the bottle service and they're saying okay like that sounds great we have a really big event going on this saturday and we'd love to bring you on and see how you could do Mm -hmm. um in the in the environment so i'm like all right cool so um it was a big building there were two things going on there was a drag show going on in the back and then in the front where like the actual like main strip club was there was a um someone from love and hip-hop koi koi I have no idea. I don't watch. I don't know. She she sings that song Big Purr. Oh, Koi Ray <laughs> okay. was gonna be there, okay. so I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I didn't know who she was at the time. I know she's now because she was on a couple festival lineups. But um, I was like, okay, like cool. So, <laughs> um, lots of moving parts were going on. Um, so it was my first night, and they also had three other girls on. And they, they were they were 18. You can be 18 and work at a strip club. I did not know mm. that. They were 18. They had never worked in, like, any type of service industry. They never, they never had a job. This was their first job. Mm. And um, the managers were, like, nowhere to be found. They kind of, like, wanted us to just, uh, like, take tables for, like, food and drink orders. Okay. So I'm like, okay, like, I can do that, whatever. Like, yeah. ba- that basic serving, I can do that. So um, what I did was I realized, like, there was like a there was like a big lack of management around and I'm like starting to stress out because I'm like these girls had never worked in any type of service before. Like right. what what's gonna happen? And um so yeah. I'm like I kinda like briefly tried to teach the girls about like sections and I like I like so I'm like, you stay over at these five tables. I'm gonna stay over like just trying to help the girls so no one's like no one's like running around like yeah. like chickens cut off their heads. <laughs> Even though that happened that was bound to happen anyway. Um, the event starts. We st- we still don't even have like our login numbers for their POS system. Oh we had to write. We actually had to physically handwrite food and drink orders to the bar, and to the kitchen, because right, um, right. they showed us like a certain way how they wanted it done. And like there, and like the cooks and like the bartenders, like well, like you're the only one doing things right. And I'm like, well, I mean, uh, thank you for the compliment. But like, of course I'm gonna be the only one doing things right. These girls never worked a day in their lives before. They don't know what they're doing. Right. Like people are ordering like um. Um, martinis and green tea shots and like Miller lights and they're like and these girls are like look what's a Miller light how do I bring in this martini what's a green tea shot and I'm like helping them once we finally did get our POS and start uh-huh. start ringing in things I'm like helping the girls like ring in like these drinks I'm like where the fuck are the managers like right. why am I doing everything right. so at this point I'm like running food um, helping the girls bring in their drinks, bringing in my drinks. The bartender got behind. I, I was like, yo girl, I'm a bartender. Do you need help? I'm talking to like the, 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 uh, the bartender. She's like, yeah, like get back here. And I was actually very, um, 
commended myself of how well I was able to adapt myself to their bar and just start helping her make drinks. Wow. So I am making drinks, bringing in drinks, bringing in the girls' drinks, serving all the drinks, and still there's, there's like no managers to be found anywhere. And drinks were like taking a long time. Like things were like simple drinks were taking like 30 minutes. I guess we're getting upset and I'm just and like... So how was this going to be like an audition night if nobody was around to actually witness... Yeah. Know? my talent yeah right. okay it was it was ghetto okay. it was so ghetto and i was so upset because i really wanted to become a bottle girl there um wow. and then we had and then like the events like started to close well it was it, it slowed down for a little bit and one of the manager that i interviewed with came out it's like hey how's it going just like <laughs> un- and i told him how's like what just everything i just like told you yeah. and he's like do you want to leave i said yes <laughs> And this is the middle of the event. He walks me to the he walks me to the back to get my stuff, and I leave. <laughs> I I literally like I can't I couldn't do this. I'm like apologizing to the girls. I'm like Godspeed. Like, yeah. but I'm I deserve better than this. Fuck fuck this job. Yeah. And um, uh, but before I left, I tried to like we had to like close out people, but like the way like you had to close people out on like an iPad and then on like an actual card reader, and it, like it was just so dumb. It was so dumb, but. I guess on like my POS, it appeared that there were like still things that never got closed out, but it was drinks that got rang in, but drinks that never got made. Yeah. So the manager uh, texted me the following night asking, um, telling, telling me that I owed them $360. Yeah. (laughs) How'd that text get responded? Yeah. (laughs) So I, I got the receipts pulled up. Okay. So it was actually 318. So the manager texted me saying, Receipts show that you owe $318. Please let me know how you intend on uh, repaying. I can come to you and get it. Let me know. And I said, I replied, I closed out all my tabs under Tina's login, another bartender there, Mm -hmm. because mine wouldn't work. But there were a few tabs that that got left open that weren't even made. And he said, I understand your points. Let's talk to Steven. Um, oh, Steven, whatever I said his name, the, the, I know the manager <laughs> to review this and put it and put it to bed fair. And I said, I will call him tomorrow. So I called, um, I talked to, um, Steven, this other manager and, um, basically he was saying like, well, how did I go? What happened? I'm telling him everything that happened. Like right. this was terrible, like a terrible experience. Like I basically like, I was like a manager, like I was running this event. I was uh, I was running this event. I was trying to help the girls stay on top of things, running food, helping um, Tina bartend, also trying to take care of my own tables. And like no manager was in nowhere to be found. Mm. And I'm like, this is so upsetting because I really wanted to work here. And I'm like telling him and he's like, oh, I like they didn't even apologize. Right. He was like, well, not. yeah, he's like, oh, well, like, well, do, um, do you do you want to work here? I said, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I had a horrible time. And I click hung up. So then. This other manager texted him, uh, texted me and saying, what was the outcome of your call? So then this is what, what I said to him. I said, I told him the same thing I told you, that I closed out my tabs on Tina's login because mine didn't work. There might have been random alcohol tabs that were still opened, but those were drinks that were never even made because guests got tired of waiting. There wasn't a manager or anyone around to void or help me or any of the other girls you guys staffed. Those girls had never worked in service at all before. I was teaching them how to use your POS that I also barely knew how to work. Then I was helping Tina make drinks because she was behind. Then I was also trying to keep the girls in sections because they kept missing tables and they were asking me to pick tables up all around the room because they couldn't keep up. 
I know it's not your fault and I really appreciate the opportunity that you tried to give me but I basically helped run this whole entire event and the fact that you and Steven tried to ask me for money that I do not owe is ridiculous he asked me to work this weekend and I said you have to be joking so unfortunately I will not be returning thank you again for the opportunity best of luck best of luck with whatever <laughs> you do next and he said thank you for getting back to me yeah thanks for reading me for Phil yeah <laughs> good yeah. good for you yeah you know the the common thread in both of your stories is like some people are not meant to manage other people and it seems oh. like in both of your situations you had some really awful higher ups <laughs> and, I didn't even make that connection yeah I yeah. mean it's a lot of people and it, mm-hmm. it makes staff morale really low yeah and, morale was low and in Both. reverse, some people are not meant to be managed mm-hmm. like me. Like I don't, <laughs> I didn't take well to authority. I didn't, Yeah. I didn't care for most of my principles except for one. Um, oh God, I don't <laughs> even remember who my boss was at Sirius <laughs> and the odd jobs, please. One job I walked off and never came back. So <laughs> <laughs> some people are just not meant for that. And yeah. you might be one of those people. Yeah. You might just need to make your own schedule. I do not want to work Have for anybody. Freedom. Yeah. 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 I don't blame you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I know you were so busy and hearing my experiences and giving us some insight on what how what on what we can find about find out about ourselves and do Absolutely. better. Absolutely. Yes. Is there anything else you want to share? Um no, I mean just if anybody is thinking about saying fuck that job for real. <laughs> <laughs> um just know you cannot do it by yourself. You mm-hmm. cannot. You need support whether that's friends, family, cold calls. Like I don't know what field you're in or who what kind of resources you can lean into, but you're mm-hmm. going to need support along the way. So don't think it's a one man show and you're just going to have to ride it out by yourself because it doesn't really work well that way. Yeah. I would love a team. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I still, I need an assistant. I just don't want to pay one. That's the whole problem. You go like, I feel like you're at the stage where you honestly could get an intern and make it have that. That could be like a, a college credit. Yeah, Maybe I need to go to UD and stalk some students. I think you definitely could do way. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put up some flyers. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been real. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Brittany. Bye, guys. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was so good. That's funny.